I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Introducing Barker and Stonehouse Garden Furniture. Find inspiration for your outdoor space with our stylish collections of garden furniture and accessories, now with up to 25% off. Visit one of our 11 nationwide stores or find us online at barkerandstonehouse.co.uk. Hello and welcome to a new edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. I'm Charlotte Brooks art curator at the RHS Lindley Library in London. Today we're taking a behind-the-scenes look at the gardening world. We'll be talking to some of the people who don't usually make the headlines, but who do play a vital role in the success of our flower shows. Plus, we'll be exploring the stories of some of the hidden horticulturists. The RHS Lindley Library in Vincent Square recently hosted the launch party for a fascinating new book by my colleague Fiona Davison. Fiona is the head of Libraries and Exhibitions. She has been unearthing the extraordinary stories of some of the lesser-known people who have shaped Britain's gardens. It's called The Hidden Horticulturists. It's my first book and it's based on an item that I found in the collections here at the Lindley Library. I found a book which, intriguingly, was called The Handwriting Book and it dated from 1823 and in it were 105 handwritten entries by young gardeners who wanted to join the RHS's first garden at Chiswick in West London. I became completely intrigued by these young men and wanted to find out what happened to them and why they'd been asked to write about their lives in this book, which had miraculously survived nearly 200 years. And I spent the last four, maybe five years in my spare time tracking them all down. And the book tells the stories that I found. I think what I found most intriguing about the book was the fact that most of the gardens were completely forgotten all with the exception of uh, one, Joseph Paxton, who trained at Chiswick, and he's about the fifth name in the book, um, and he went on to become the greatest gardener of his age. But pretty much all the others, the other 104, have been completely ignored, and so tracking them down was really exciting, and once I started, I couldn't stop. I think the reason that they were forgotten and ignored There were a number of reasons. One was that the Horticultural Society that started the training scheme had to abandon it due to financial difficulties and the whole thing got shut down in a hurry and forgotten about. 
I think the second reason is that the style of gardening that these men did, the high Victorian, very formal gardening, went out of fashion and I don't think they got the credit that they deserved for the standards of horticulture that they managed. And also in the in the day, even though they worked very hard, discovered new plants, bred new plants, introduced new ways of gardening, very often the garden owner, who was of a higher social status, would get the credit rather than the humble gardener. I think the story that I'm particularly fond of is the story of a shy young man called Robert Thompson who joined the garden at Chiswick in 1824 and never left it. He stayed there all his working life and he became a real expert on growing fruit trees. It's thanks to him that we know so much about the apple trees in particular that were growing in the 19th century. But he was a very humble man and didn't make a fuss and so again he didn't get the credit that he deserved. I hope that people get a sense of just how interesting and important these men were and that you can look beneath the big names and the big houses and the lives of ordinary people can be just as fascinating. You can buy the book in uh, all the RHS Garden bookshops or on the RHS website. Fiona Davison. We also have a varied programme of talks and exhibitions in the library. Our current exhibition is called Worth a Thousand Words and showcases gold medal winning artworks by contemporary botanical artists. These are artworks in watercolour, pencil and pen and ink and offer you the unique opportunity to come and study these pieces for yourself. This exhibition is designed to coincide with the London Botanical Art and Photography Show on the 23rd, 24th and 25th of July. This is free to members, but non-members should book online at rhs.org.uk. As we're in the midst of flower show season with Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival just a couple of weeks away, we thought we'd take the opportunity to talk to some of the hidden heroes of the shows, our volunteers. Each year, scores of garden-loving RHS members sign up to guide and assist visitors at these major events. You can't miss them in their vivid purple shirts. Volunteers are a vital part of the operation. They also enjoy privileged access and a unique perspective on the shows. Before the crowds of visitors arrived, we spoke to some volunteers at Chelsea. My name's Sue Hall. And I'm Steve Hall. This is our third year. Uh, we started in 2017. Uh, when we retired from work, we're both really interested in plants and horticulture, so uh, I think Sue saw an advert in our RHS magazine, and um, we came along to a selection evening, and, and we've been to... Uh, this is our third year to do the shows. Speaking personally for myself, I love to volunteer, so as well as volunteering for the RHS, I volunteer for Samaritans and Homestart. And I think what I quite like about volunteering is speaking to people, seeing them inspired by different things, and also about education, because I was in learning and development for NatWest, so I love people to learn things. Uh, and I think coming and volunteering for the RHS gives you all of that, so it's fantastic. Yeah. Highlights for me are probably looking, getting the opportunity to look at the big show gardens before everybody arrives. Uh, that's fantastic. But also learning 
from the designers, what all the features are, and therefore being able to pass all of this information on to the guests that arrive, especially from overseas, that are absolutely wowed by the garden. So they're really interested in the minutiae of what, what's actually in the garden. So it's good to know what, what, what's going on. Just really, a, a really entertaining, interesting and, and great days that we enjoy. And I think it would be fair to say that it's made us shape our garden a little bit. We've only got a small garden. But we look at it with much more interest now um, in terms of seeing other smaller spaces and thinking, let's put plants in there. Don't let's think we've got to leave big spaces. Just put plants in because they will grow and will fill it out nicely. So I think coming to RHS Chelsea and Hampton Court has given us that confidence to do it. We've got the standard shed and the greenhouse. We've got pagoda. Um, I really love aces, so we've got a lot of aces, um, quite a few of which are in pots, which allows us to move them around at different times of year. Uh, we got rhododendrons and azaleas. I wouldn't necessarily say there was a theme, but from a plant perspective, we love Japanese plants. So aces, as Steve said, we must have about 50 of those. But I love peonies, uh, I love hostas. So I think some of our gardens start to be themed. And what's been really educational for us about coming is we can put things in the right place now. So this year, our hostas are absolutely magnificent because we now know the right place for hostas to be. So, you know, I think that really helps. And, and likewise, it helps us pass that information to other people that we know too. We've just come through the gate this morning and we've met a lady called Ruth, who we met two years ago when we first came. And Ruth's a judge for Gardens in Bloom. What an interesting lady. You know, so it's absolutely fabulous to see Ruth, number one, as being a friend and somebody that we meet here too, and Cyril, who we've met a couple of times. But I would say volunteering gives you so much more in terms of learning so much um, and being so entertaining. I mean, why wouldn't you want to volunteer? It's a fantastic thing to do. There will be plenty of volunteers on hand at the Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival, running from the 1st to the 7th of July. There are still some tickets available, so if you haven't already, why not book yours today? This year there's a special focus on growing and cooking, so it's ideal for both foodies and garden lovers. Let's talk about flower arranging, or rather, floral art. Thousands of people around the UK take great pleasure in creating decorations and displays using flowers and foliage. Floral art has come a long way from the rather dusty 1970s image it unfairly held for many years. As its popularity increases, so does the ambition of the arrangers. At the RHS Chelsea Flower Show this year, the National Association of Flower Arrangement Societies, known as NAFAS, celebrated their 70th anniversary. We visited their display stand. It's all about the promotion of friendship and flowers amongst people who are very keen flower arrangers. So it's, there are some florists who will be involved, but generally a lot of the members are we would say amateur flower arrangers. That doesn't mean to say we're not expert. So we don't do it for our living. We do it as a hobby and interest and possibly a bit of an obsession. And we'll compete across the country. We take part in various festivals and exhibits. There'll be flower shows, all sorts of different activities. And we have demonstrators, we have judges, all under the umbrella of the National Association. If you look at our exhibit today, we've gone for a very much more of a contemporary view. So we've got a, a very high structure in the shape of a diamond, three-dimensional metal structure, and in that we've suspended spheres covered and covered in a huge number of different flowers. 
And then within that and outside of that, there are other metal structures which represent diamonds in different shapes. And then on the floor of the exhibit, we've got rays of light coming from that central diamond, which are illuminated by um, an LED strip light, which is nice and cold, of course, so we can do that these days. And then we've done very contemporary designs in each of the rays, so that there's interest in set colours as you walk round. Right in the middle of it, we have a, a mirror, so there's reflection as people look in the mirror, they can see what's above them as well. So there's a lot of contemporary features. As we've got spheres and we've got hemispheres open that have been covered in stachys leaves, which is painstaking work. Some people would call them lamb's ears. So they're, they're lovely soft um, leaves and they've all been pinned one by one. Again, contemporary work. You wouldn't see that in church flowers. I think this represents the organisation much more as it is these days, with younger people coming along and people doing contemporary design. As with all art forms over the past 20 years or so, it's all moved on. I mean, we see difference in our paintings, in our glass, in our ceramics, and we have moved on as well in floral art. And I, it would be great if people realised that and recognised and said, wow, this is stunning. And we work in a wider range of plant materials, so it's not all roses and chrysanthemums. Sometimes we'll do an exhibit which is all moss, which can be very, very exciting. Sometimes it can be manipulated leaves. Sometimes it can be only three flowers. And it has stunning effect because it's how they're placed, and that's the art form, how things are placed in relation to each other. Um, and then whilst doing that, of course, if you haven't got a mass of flowers, you've only got very few, then the beauty of the flower itself is much more enhanced. And I think that's the excitement of contemporary floral art. There is a strong movement towards using British-grown flowers wherever we can. Um, but then, you know, you have to work with, well, what's available now? What can we get hold of? And also what would last as well. So if you take flowers that you've grown in your garden, they, not, they might not all last in water away from where they've been cut. So, for example, you cut a poppy and it's limp within minutes, isn't it? So you, still, you have these choices. You have to make choices of something that's going to last, especially if you are putting a lot of time into arranging it. You want it to last. So all the plant material on our exhibit today has been chosen because of its lasting qualities, as well as, it, as its colour, its texture, how it behaves, how it relates to other pieces as well. We've got a variety of material, so there's more to be looking at, taken in interest. You can find links to more information about NAFAS and to photos and information from the Chelsea Flower Show on our programme page at rhs.org.uk forward slash podcast. There are plenty of opportunities to see and demonstrate your floral talents at our summer flower shows. We're also running events at the four RHS gardens. In particular... It's the Hyde Hall Flower Show's 10th anniversary this year and NAFAS are running a Glory of the Garden floral art competition. There are lots of categories and entry is free, so why not give it a go? Staging takes place on the 31st of July and the show runs from the 1st to the 4th of August. Visitor admission is free with normal garden entry. Plus, there are hundreds of gardening-themed events nationwide all summer long. Links to more details are on our website. Well, that's almost all for today. There's just time to hear about the upcoming edition of our sister programme, The Garden Podcast. 
I'm Chris Young, editor of The Garden magazine, and in the next edition of The Garden podcast, we have loads of information celebrating the content that's in the July issue. Whether it's an interview with wildlife expert Jean Vernon talking about bees, or with Gareth Richards, who's explored Hyde Hall's global growth vegetable garden, there's plenty to hear from. There's also a really good discussion between a couple of our magazine staff, all about hypericums, those plants that probably many of us know or used to grow or maybe see in car parks. And there's a really good piece in the magazine all about why we should be growing them more and the different plants that we could choose from. So please subscribe to the Garden Podcast if you haven't done so already. All the information can be found at rhs.org.uk forward slash the garden podcast. Well, I'm afraid that is all we've got time for for today. We'll be back in a fortnight when we'll be visiting the splendid Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival. Until then, from me, Charlotte Brooks, and all of us here at the Lindley Library, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilise the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.